For those who do not know me, uh, my name is Myung-Hwa Choi. I'm the executive pastor over New Philadelphia Church. I usually worship the Hillside service, and then I'm here to bring the word today. Uh, like Pastor John Michael shared, uh, a lot of our staff pastors are gone on the missions field, mm-hmm. and I just got back yesterday morning. So you will be able to hear some fresh testimonies that I brought back from Indonesia. Uh, I hear our sister Eunice, our admin, mm-hmm. and also Juhi, where are you at? Juhi, and uh, we had an amazing time, and God is so, God is just so crazy. That's like the only way to put him. And you will hear more details about it later. But let's turn to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. Oh, by the way, if you're wondering what I'm wearing, oh, this is my Indonesian dress. Just wanted to represent that I just got that from there. This is an Indonesian princess concept. Um, whether you get it or not, it's all right. <laughs> Our brothers from our team picked out the color for me. Um, yeah, so sweet. Yeah. If you are there, let's read it. <laughs> I will take the uh, odd number verses, and then you can take the even number verses. Oh, chapter 1, verse 15 to 23. I'm actually preaching a series of sermons on the book of Ephesians. I've preached the first one in, at Seaside in Busan. So if you are curious about my first sermon, you could go to the podcast and listen to it. And then today's my second one. But they're not, like content-wise, they're not related. So you will be able to follow me. Are you guys there? All right, let's go. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints... That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. And what is the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His great might? Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age, but in the one to come. And altogether, verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of his, who fills all in all. Amen. Today, I'm going to share a lot of stories, so I'm under time limit, so I will make my point very clear and um, brief. All right, let me open this bottle first. So I'm going to focus on verse 17 here. If you look at it, it says, spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. How many of you know that God isn't, God doesn't live in your brain? He's not in your brain. Don't put him in a box that's the size of your brain. A lot of times we, a lot of times we think that we know him, but it takes revelation for us to know him. He's gonna reveal himself to you. It's not like you go out there and try to search for God. The Bible says he chose you, you didn't choose him. Right? So, 
It takes revelation for us to know Him. And I believe that the spirit of wisdom and revelation, this is a spirit that reveals who He is to us. That He is mighty, that He is the righteous one, that He is holy, that He is good. All these revelations, His character and who He is, it comes from that revelation. It's not something that we find, it's got to be revealed to our eyes and our hearts, our spirit. And I also believe that this spirit reveals what God feels in his heart. How many of you know that God has emotions? God has so much love. He has so much compassion. He has a lot of anger and wrath as well. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a little bit. His anger is God-sized anger. His love is God-sized love. His compassion is God-sized compassion. If think about God's joy. His joy is a God-sized joy. God is a God that is full of emotion. And I believe that this spirit, when we receive it, reveals what God feels, reveals his emotions to us. So the love that I feel toward my mom, I think that, I, I used to think that it was my love for my mom, but I realized it's, my, it's God's love for her that was revealed to me. It takes revelation to get to know him and to, to the emotions of God as well. And I also believe that this spirit reveals what God knows, his knowledge. For example, out of the nine spiritual gifts that's listed in the first Corinthians chapter 13, one of them is called words of knowledge. How many of you heard about that or experienced it or witnessed it? Okay, all the New Philly members will probably know. When we pray for people, God sometimes just gives us a, a, like a partial knowledge to us. So let's say I'm praying for... Michael, <laughs> Michael just volunteered, me. All right. I said, I'm praying for Michael, and then I all of a sudden hear a voice of God. Michael's struggling with this and that, or he needs encouragement in this area. And I will get a word of knowledge so that I will edify him, so that I will uh, bless him. You know, that's God's desire to bless him, right? So sometimes people, uh, when the Holy Spirit comes, the Spirit reveals a knowledge that he knows. Knowledge of God. And that gets released to us. So all these good things, he's who he is, what he feels, and what he knows, all these things need to be revealed to us. That's why it takes revelation for us to have his heart. And I think to really summarize what happened in Indonesia, I'm still processing, I'm still thinking about what happened, and I cannot believe what we, we experienced that all those crazy things, but the summary of it is that it's revelation of his love. Not just in my mind, oh yeah, God loves Indonesia, amen. Not like that, but like knowing it and having it in me as well. My heart was burning for the people in Medan, the city that we ministered in. It's, it's not because I'm holy, it's not because I'm special, it's because God revealed that love of his for his people to us and we just took it and run with it. And I really believe that that's why the power was released. And this verse, if you read along, when the spirit of revelation, wisdom and revelation comes, we will know the hope, we will know the riches of inheritance, we will know the power in Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what we saw. Revelation came, we grabbed his heart, his emotion, his love, his affection for his people, we just moved in it. And I believe it doesn't just apply to missions field. Whenever we go to China, whenever we go to Indonesia, whenever we go to third world, quote unquote, that's not the only time you need it. You need it for your boss. You need it for your classmates. You need it for your parents. For you to love someone, it takes revelation. 
And don't just know it in your hand. Yeah, Jesus loves you. Not, not like that. It's good, but you gotta know it and also you gotta move it down to your heart. And God, as we ask for the revelation, He's gonna give it to you. He will reveal what He feels. He's gonna reveal what He's thinking. Because there's such oneness. We belong to Him. He belongs to us. You know? And he's not holding back. He's going to, as we ask, he's going to continue to release the revelation. Amen. So I'm just going to share how God revealed his heart for the people there and how we were able to move in such power. Man, God's love, there's nothing more powerful than his love. Amen. So I want you, this, this sermon, I titled it, you know, somewhat cool way. Give me that revelation. That's how I want to call it. So turn to your neighbor and tell them, give me that revelation. Give me the revelation of his love, right? It's not that your neighbor's going to give it to you. But God's going to give it to you as you ask, right? So God, give us the revelation of your love. Amen. Even the way we ended up in Medan, that particular area, it's the third largest city in Indonesia. That was pretty much... A miracle too, because I went to Jakarta in 2010, and we got to minister with this um, old pastor named Pastor Tarigan. And uh, I fell in love with him. He's so sweet. He's so gentle. So humble. Amazing man of God. Oh, I miss him. He's my grandpa. Oh, anyways, Pastor Tarigan, I got to minister with him, and he was our translator. And then after a week of ministry, he was like, "Oh, how I wish that you could come to Medan, my hometown." Every single day, I wish you could come to my hometown. And I was like, Pastor Tarigan, let's pray for that to happen. And two years passed, and God opened up a door, and then we were in Medan. I mean, oh my God, it's so crazy. Because um, our sister Lisa is missions director. She, she worships at Itaewon campus. And un- until this trip, this season, summer mission tr- season, she was not able to decide which country to send that the teams to. It was always our KM, our, our Korean ministry's decision. We just submitted to their decision. So they saw all the needs, and then they were sending us out to whatever nation that they chose. But this time, for the first time, the KM director told Lisa, Lisa, now you know all these nations. I feel like you can make the decision. So it was her first time to be able to set like which country to send the teams to, right? And first city that came to her mind, guess what? Was Medan, Indonesia. God definitely had a plan. And um, to, long story short, even the way uh, Pastor Tarigan was able to live in Medan was pretty much miraculous because like, he was stationed in uh, East Java, which is far, far away. Indonesia is really big. And then he was stationed there. He was not able to, not allowed to move back to his hometown for some reason. But then um, he got seven heart attacks within a really short amount of time. And then the director of the ministry or the organization that was involved, that he was involved in, saw him and said, this guy looks like He's going to die soon, right? Seven heart attacks. So he said, why don't you just go back to your hometown and just finish your ministry there? So Pastor Tarigan was sent back to Medan, and that's 10 years ago. And he's been living healthy. He eats well. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's healthy and well. You know, God definitely had a plan for Pastor Tarigan in that particular city, Medan. And when we reunited, like, we just knew God had something crazy in store for us. And another setup was that when we arrived, it was Friday night, and then we heard that the following morning was the beginning of Ramadan. 
Do you guys know what that is? Indonesia is the biggest Muslim country in the world, and millions of people fast for a month. It's like a holy month that's set apart for prayer and fasting. So from the sunrise to sunset, all the Muslims, they don't eat, they don't drink, not even water. Right, all day long. And then that's like the beginning of the Ramadan period. And when we got there, we were like, oh, is that like a spiritual attack? Because it's kind of like miraculous that we didn't even know about that. You know, I did all the research about like Medan and all that, but none of us stumbles on, stumbled on that, you know, piece of knowledge that Ramadan starts, you know? Are you kidding me? You know? So we were like, whoa, Ramadan is starting. I really feel that that was God's grace to keep us from unnecessary intimidation or distraction. Even when we found out, our response was like, you know what? We're here to build. We're not here to fight. So we already saw the victory. It was like David standing in front of Goliath. And yeah, Goliath is huge, millions of people fasting, all the Muslims, they look huge in front of us. We are just 11 of us, you know, young team, a lot of college students, first timers on mission trips. But we are standing here like David, King David, that we are going to, we're going to beat you down. Like, this is, it's just over. We already have the victory. So we were not intimidated or distracted by that Ramadan at all. Yeah, all the restaurants were closed, yes. So we suffered from them a little bit, but it wasn't a big deal. We just knew that we already had it. I mean, at the beginning, we had a lot of restrictions as well. We, I mean, they were very particular about uh, my, my clothing, because I'm a female, young pastor. For some reason, they, ha- they insisted that uh, I kind of had to wear like a nun-looking cloth, pretty much like a long skirt that covers all the way down, and I had to cover up and all that. And then they were giving us like passages to preach from. Usually, we have more freedom than that. They usually invite us and tell us to do whatever we want to do. But this time, they're very particular about knowing my degree, the name of my school, and... You know, things like that. So we were like, what is going on? But then, all these things had no substance in it. It was just, oh, my team has arrived. Hello. All right, those are some of the team members that just returned with me. All right. And we went to this youth ministry on Sunday. You arrived at a perfect timing, Stephen. <laughs> Anyways, we went to this youth ministry, and um, they were telling us not to raise hands or clap or uh, show any emotion, kind of. So we were very shocked. So they are a very, very conservative church, and they were pretty, pretty much telling us no clapping, no raising hands. You can't, you can't do that. Our students, our youth here are not allowed to. Shocking, right? It's youth group. They're just standing like this, right? So we were like so confused. But then right after the preaching was over and uh, we were, you know, ministering, praying for them and all that. And then afterwards, they lined us all up on the stage. And then we, we were uh, introducing ourselves and they were passing down the mic and were saying, oh, my name is whatever, whatever. You know, we do that. But then they were like, tell us your name and tell us your age. We we're like, oh, okay. And then, okay, I will do the Steven, all right? You guys do. My team members, you do Indonesian girls, okay? Um, my name is Steven. Do a better job than that. <laughs> Pretty much, the, the girls flipped out on it, like, ah! like, all the way out. It was ridiculous. I love you, Steven. 
Anyways, they just apparently really, really love Koreans, and Stephen's half, but he's really good looking. So the girls was just all over him. We were trying to take pictures. I was like, being a Nuna of the team, doing, being the big sister, I was like, hey, you and you stand right next to him and do not move. Like protect him, right? Guard him. And then these girls, Indonesian girls, jumped on the stage and pushed them away <laughs> and snatched his arm and took pictures. It's already on Facebook. There are profile pictures. There are pictures with him. Oh my gosh. Indo- you know, if, if anything happens to Steven's life, he's going to move to Indonesia. <laughs> I'm so serious. Anyways, I'm in. I'm, okay. We had a lot of fun. So we had a great time. All these restrictions and all these oppositions that we felt. But regardless, God gave us such an easy trip. In a sense that we didn't have to fight for anything. We could sense that you, you were praying for us. We could sense that all these prayers were already accumulated. That we didn't have to try or strive to or earn anything. It was already there. And we just had to claim it, right? So one particular shifting moment that I believe was this night when we were going to this revival meeting. So we were all, it was Sunday night, we were so excited about this meeting. God just showed us how much he He's, he's excited for the night, right? So we're just, we're just really excited, praying, praying in the car on the way and then for some reason our cars got stopped and then we had to kind of wait a little bit and leaders Holle goes, Oh my gosh, what is that? I'm so excited. And then she rolls down the window, and pretty much from our view, sky was clear. We were able to see moon and stars, and it wasn't going to rain. It was a clear sky. But then at the corner of the sky, we saw a thick, thick cloud, like a patch of cloud. Uh, and in there, what was happening was lightning. Like, you see lightning, right? No thunder though, like just lightning, like dry sky, clear weather, but lightning like every three to five seconds, it will like bam, bam, bam. We were like, oh. we're trying to like videotape it. We got some on the, it will for like good 10, 15 minutes, endless. Lightning, 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 but no thunder, no sound, no like sign of rain coming or storm, nothing. It's just lightning coming down. And it almost looked like a movie theater, the way it was positioned, positioned, and then the patch of cloud that was like a square. It was just God showing us, hey, watch, that's my love for the people that you're going to meet. That's my love, my burning love, my love like fire. And you're going to go release that to them. So catch my heart. And our team really got to see, wow, God is really serious about this. Wow, God's not joking here. His love, like fire, is actually coming down. It's going down tonight. So we prayed all the way more, all the way through the drive. It was lightning, lightning, lightning. And even when we got there, lightning, lightning. And after the service, we came out, it was gone. No rain. It didn't rain at all, all right? So God was showing us supernatural signs of, it was just revelation of his heart. Again, he was telling us, that's my love. Catch that and do that. Show it to them. Powerful service. Everyone in the room got powerfully touched by the heart of the Father. One cool thing that happened I really want to share is that there was a brother on the keyboard. So he was kind of like playing all throughout the prayer time. But he was so highlighted to all of us, our team members. So after the service, we took him aside. We just prayed for him. Our sister, our leader, uh, laid hands on him. And then she was just praying for the worship anointing to flow and everything and then this brother started to cry and shake you know when you make contact with the extreme power like electricity or something like that you start to shake 
think about like God's glory, um, God's glory in Hebrew is kabod. It just means weightiness and heaviness. Think about, imagine like carrying something really heavy. And you're going to start to shake, right? So it's like God's glory comes down on you and then you start to shake and I, that's natural. If you are new to it, I'm going to talk about a lot of like glory falling and people shaking and falling. So I just wanted to explain it to you. So he started shaking and crying at the same time. He started speaking in tongues, like Acts chapter 2, right? He started speaking in tongues and sounded like Chinese. It sounded like Chinese, but Pastor Tarikan thought he was speaking in tongue in Korean. But anyways, but we're like, that sounds like Chinese, but we're just praying and then... I prayed for him at one point. I said, just fire gently. And he just fell under the power of God. He was getting ministered. I'm sure he was having some visitation to heaven or something. Really powerful time. After he got up, Gloria pulls me away. And then she said, I actually understood what he was saying. Because Gloria grew up in China and she speaks Chinese, right? She said, I understood what he was saying, especially at the beginning. So he was not, without knowing, he was telling God how burdensome it is, how stressed he is, how, how uh, heavy uh, and all that pressure that he felt as a keyboardist, right? And um, without knowing, he was releasing that to the Lord. And then so timely, without knowing what he was praying, I, I don't speak Chinese, right? So, and then when I prayed, I just felt like he just had to hear that God is proud of him. So I said, this is my son whom I'm well pleased with and whom I love. And I just prayed that he just bam, fell, right? So he, uh, after he got up, Gloria shared that with him, that you are actually praying that. Did you know? He's like, no, no, no. I don't know Chinese. <laughs> Only Indonesia, <laughs> you know? So he didn't know that, but God knew, and then he completely got broken off of the pressure and all the stress. Hallelujah, that's powerful, right? That's crazy. Man, another time, I believe that we really got God's heart. Like, wow, God loves his people so much. There was another moment. Uh, it was a Monday, so it was like a chill day for us, a little uh, resting and team bonding time. On the, uh, we were on the way into McDonald's, because all other restaurants were closed. So we're walking into McDonald's. We saw these two Korean college students, backpackers. We kind of ran into them. They kind of looked at us. I kind of looked at them. It's passed by, right? And I felt like, no, get them. Divine appointment. I set it up. So we came out to grab them. And one of them actually ran into us again. So we're like, hey, are you from Korea? And he was like, yeah. And he said he traveled for three weeks in Indonesia, first time seeing a Korean. Because he went to all these like boony areas, whatever, right? So he didn't see any Korean. He said, whoa, I never saw Korean throughout the trip. So good to see you. And I was like, oh, yeah, why don't you come and eat dessert with us in McDonald's? So they actually came over, both boys. They came over, and then they sat down and strategically put them with uh, Stephen and uh, some college students so that they would share their testimonies. And they were talking. I was talking to this one guy. And uh I just felt this Holy Spirit moment, like, Spirit just came on me. And um, it started with, like, me telling him to call me Nuna, right? I was like, yo, just call me Nuna. And <laughs> Nuna's my older sister. So, yo, just call me Nuna. And can I just talk to you in a comfortable way, in a panmar? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, 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 sure, sure. And I was like, yo, Nuna ga. <laughs> and I started flowing and prophetic, right? And I said, Nuna ga. Uh, let me pray for you. And I just grabbed him and we, we were praying. And Stephen was praying for the other guy. And prophetic anointing was flowing. God was giving, giving us words of knowledge. And um, as I was speaking it over him, he just, he wasn't a believer. None of them were believers. So he looked up and goes, Oh, 어떻게 알았지? 아무 말도 안 했는데. 
Like Sarah actually heard it, but it means, oh, how did she, how did she know I didn't say anything? So he was so amazed that we knew all these secret things about him. And I was like, Nuna got out. Nuna knows everything, but no, I said, God knows your heart. God knows everything. He's just revealing that to us to tell you, to encourage you. He's calling you. He's after you. So come back to him. He actually cried a lot receiving the prayer. And as we were walking away from McDonald's, as we were uh, driving away, all our team members started crying in the car. It was just so, such a random moment. Uh, well, I don't know why I felt like I'm crying right now, but we just started pulling because um, we just felt such strong love of God that's chasing after them. Like, so random. Like, what are the chances to meet us out of all the groups in this world? Us, you know? What are the chances to meet us in Medan, Indonesia, McDonald's? What are the chances? And God totally planned everything because he just loves them so much. He just wanted them to hear about his love. That's after them, right? And we, we were just crying and praying for them. And she was like talking like they were her best friends already. She was planning like going on vacations with them, all that. But it was powerful. God really opened our hearts to create a love of his. And we really caught that. Really believe that we caught that. Those two moments I really feel like were shifting moments. And from that point on, man, we just were so sure. Wow, God, you love them so much. And then we, we, we fell in love with them as well. It's not like God loves them so we need to minister. It's not like that. We fell in love with those people as well. Because we caught the revelation. We started running with it. And I just love how God shows up. Even when we are having just chill downtime. So one day uh, we went to this lake and we were just eating fish and sitting by the lake. And then all of team members started praying for each other. We just, we were just on fire. And all the college students, uh, they have that reckless faith that it was just really challenging us as well as older members. So we were praying for one another's healing. And actually Rebecca, she's a member at Hillside, one of the college students. Her leg was uh, about two centimeter, a little less than an inch shorter than the other. And then she always, her, you know, if you look at the bottom of your shoes, you can tell that one is like worn out more than the other, you know? So she knew that her legs were uneven. And then team prayed for her immediately, the shorter leg grew out. And then they were completely even. And even the way she walks and, you know, it's all different. The leg round. And then our sister Chang, another sister, college student, we prayed for her back. She had this little bump sticking out of her back. And then, you know, if you like lay against, like, like, like stand against the wall, she would like feel that bump, right? And then we prayed and then the bump disappeared. And then the, the back was straightened out, right? And then, uh, <laughs> and then our brother Chin goes, oh, can you, can you just pray for me? I want both of my legs to grow out. <laughs> and we prayed fervently, but unfortunately it didn't happen. <laughs> but I'm so sure that God was really pleased uh, with our faith. And I could, can I just say that God was really having fun with us? He was having such a joyful moment with us. And just healing after one, you know, one after another, we were just so immersed in God's love. And that's the whole trip, you know, was like that. And then uh, we got to minister at this ministry uh, called Sola Gracia. 
So we had no background information about this ministry. And then uh, it was like a Tuesday like, er, like morning like gathering for prayer warriors. I don't know what it was, but we went to that gathering. And um, this, we met this lady. Uh, her name is Mita. So she's the director of the ministry. And then Mita led us into this room. But it, it, it was like an upper room. It was like a third floor. And then as we were entering, it really felt like Acts chapter 2, like the upper room where the disciples were praying together. That's what I sense. And then when we went up there, uh, it was cool because I was planning on um, preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. My uh, my sermon was on Acts chapter 2. So it was, it was cool, you know, oh, we're going into the upper room, right? So we went upstairs and all we see is all these flags, like people with like flags and um, what, what was it? The the horn, shofar, right? The, the yeah, the shofar, whatever the Hebrew instrument thing, the horn, they were blowing the horn, they were using the flags. It was like a, looked like a Pentecostal church, but they weren't really. So all these ladies were using flags and they were just worshiping. We went in and, um, it was so cute because, uh, I think they chose an English song just for us, for the visitors. They sang, I will follow you. <laughs> I love you, I love you, I love you, I really, really love you. They were singing that. I think they just chose that just for us, but it was really cute. So we were just dancing around with our flags on, you know, we were just dancing, you know. Anyways, the worship uh, and then the power of the Holy Spirit fell in the room. Spoke on the whole uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit. I invited out all the first believers in each household. I mean, I myself, I'm the first believer in my entire family. So I just wanted to release that encouragement and empowerment for them, right? So half of the room came out, actually. I was surprised. A lot of them came out immediately started crying. You can imagine all the persecution in the Muslim, you know, country. And they were just getting empowered. And power of God just showed up. Like, without even laying on of hands, people were just getting touched. Like, crying, getting inner healings, and being able to forgive and this powerful work of God was taking place all over the place and um after the ministry time powerful time we um went downstairs and then Mita wanted to invite us out to her house right so <laughs> so we were following her but then we we rode on this like nice clean really luxurious van we're sitting there kind of thinking, oh, this car's really nice. And then we noticed that uh, we were following a Mercedes going in front of us, right? I was like, oh, is that their car? So they were leading the way. We were following the Mercedes. And then we get into this huge gate. And then we see like a palace in front of us, right? With like a swimming pool and everything. So we followed in with all these security guards, you know, standing and all these maids and so we went in, and then later we find out that uh, the Mita's husband is a vice president of an oil company in Indonesia. I'm talking about oil. Oil. <laughs> oil is expensive, right? And they were like a kind of like end-time financiers that God is raising up, you know? He's a rich man in the natural too, but he's a rich, he was a rich couple. They were rich people in the kingdom as well. They were using their finances in such powerful ways, like building. They owned this like a prayer mountain, had like a huge like a worship hall, and they were feeding orphans, giving to communities. They were doing some powerful things. I actually brought his autobiography. I got it signed, and I took a picture with him as well. Doesn't he look rich? Just look at his face. Look at his golden tie. Come on, don't you see oil all over him, you know? His name's Derom Pangun. Alright, that's his name. This is like thick, you know. If you read Indonesian, I'll give it to you. Anyway, so we got to take picture with him. We're connecting with them. Divine appointment. 
Divine appointment, such a powerful connection to make. Not because of the money. Don't get me wrong, but powerful kingdom connection, you know. And think about next time we are coming coming back to Indonesia, and we're gonna do ministry with them, right? And so God was just setting us up, and um, we got to pray for uh Mita and like the uh Terong, uh, right? Terong, we were praying for them, and God was releasing key, precise prophetic words to them. One of the words um was that. She was a uh, mother of million orphans. That's a lot of kids, right? But she's a, I had no idea, but she, I saw a vision of Indian children, random. So I said, mother of orphans, I, you know, I prophesied over her. She's like a hen. And then under her wings, there were so many chicks, like so many of them. And I really felt like she was going to be the covering for all those fatherless children. And um, later on, she told me that when I went to Mumbai, India with my husband on a business trip, God gave her vision for the orphans. God gave her heart for orphans. And from that point on, she's been working with the orphans a lot. And uh, she said, even last year, uh, my husband's birthday, I gathered all the orphans, 3,000 of them from Medan. And then she fed them all, gave out gifts, and there was a birthday celebration. Isn't that so beautiful in their prayer mountain, you know? God is really using them powerfully in the community. And the reason why Sola Gracia, their ministry, has so much freedom is because they're influential people. You know, they are giving back to the society and community that just the city knows that, you know, they are having some good influence, right? That's why in the persecuted nation, they were having so much freedom in their ministry as well. So we were just really blessed by them. Another prophetic word was that uh, there was some strife like in the relationship with someone that works very close to me that was a very particular and precise word and then when 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 the word was released she was shaking and then afterwards she says that my secretary actually had been embezzling funds and then she was having a hard time because she couldn't let that let go of that precious relationship because she's been working for them for a long time but it's also integrity issue right so she was having a hard time but it was a confirmation that God was going to vindicate and also restore the relationship and obviously they were really blessed and at this point they wanted to invite us back so she was like what's your schedule like let us invite you guys back so thursday and friday she looked at our schedule she filled it all up with the ministry with sola gracia so thursday we went to visit their um prayer mountain beautiful like beautiful in a huge hall. We went in there and then um, they actually had a Christian radio station that they owned. So we had our good singers on our group. So Sole is an amazing singer. She's a full-time musician and intercessor for our house of prayer. So Sole was there, our intern pastor, David An. He sang at the retreat, you know, the butter, butter David An. <laughs> so we had both of them. So I was like, oh, can we sing on radio? I just, you know, in kind of joking way, she was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, let's do that. I'll keep it 30 minutes to be on radio. So they sang on air, and I got to preach on air as well, right? So we preached. We, we reached pretty much like thousands of people. I don't know how many, but God really opened that opportunity for us to encourage the believers in Indonesia, right? And also hear amazing voices, like butter voice you know so it was powerful and right after we got to minister to the people that were gathered it was like the staff and the workers there and we saw um this blind man walking in and his wife was assisting him you could tell at first sight that he was completely blind his eyes were just not there like you know how blind people you know and to be honest our hearts were stirred 
because we just knew that God was going to do something. And then after uh, preached on something, a prayer, and then, oh my, the altar call was crazy. So we opened up the altar, and I said, if you are serious about committing to pray for your nation and bring the revival, come to the altar. Everyone stood up and then came. And I was like, oh, stop, stop. If you are serious, come out. And everyone came out, right? And then I was about to go pray for them. I put down my mic, walked around the corner, and just looked at them. I don't even know what I said. I think I said fire or Holy Spirit or something. I looked at them. Five of them just fell on their own. Like, nobody caught them. They're just falling over each other. <laughs> no Christians, whatever. I don't know what even happened. Holy Spirit was just messing them up like it was so powerful and then like people were falling everywhere that we couldn't even know we, we didn't even know what to do and like our <laughs> sister Eunice <laughs> so this one lady fell so suddenly that Eunice had to like throw her body and then <laughs> she cut her head and her hairpin broke in Eunice's hand and her Apparently, Eunice's limbs are all up in the air. <laughs> like, she landed on her back and caught the head, you know. Anointed catcher right here. Anointed catcher. Selfless anointed catcher. Right? That's what we need for the kind of altar call. God was just releasing power, power, empowering the believers there. And time to pray for the blind man, right? He was brought up. And apparently, he received some prayer. And he, he said... At that point, he was able to see about uh, see see light. He was able to recognize light. And we were like, whoa, let's do this. We were praying. And then he had so much faith. I think he had more faith than we did. He was looking up, and Tirimakashi is thank you, and Tuhan is God, okay? Tirimakashi, Tuhan, Tirimakashi. He was going all crazy. He was praying and believing that God was going to heal him. And he was crying out. And then through translation, next thing we know is that he's able to see the ceiling. Next thing we know is he's able to see the bars on the ceiling. Next thing you know is he said, Drew, your t-shirt is white. He was able to see that, right? And next thing you know, he's shaking my hand, making eye contact. Blind people don't know how to make eye contact. You know that? (laughs) And it was such a traumatic moment when he shook my hand, looking into my eyes. I was like, this is a miracle. And I think we saw a lot of healings on missions fields. But I think it's important that we celebrate this first miracle. And I really think that God is honoring our prayers over the years, contending, even when we didn't see anything. Season after season after season, we were contending. God, we know you can do it and you will do it. And really felt like it came with ease. Here you are. It's not for the Indonesian team. Okay? It's for the whole house. It's for, it's not for Hills, it's, it's for the entire house of New Philly that God is opening up. This is just the beginning. Look into his eyes. He was, his eyes are full of tears. And his wife was just crying all over the place, you know? She was from the beginning, like crying, and she was like losing it because her husband just received the sight, you know? Oh my goodness. And that blind man got healed, and immediately we got him to pray for another man with really weak sight, and his eyes got immediately better as well. Healing, come on, miracle. Yeah, we gotta give God some praise. Oh man. God is so good. And um Friday was our last day. So Friday evening we flew out. But we had, we knew, man, God's not gonna waste any time. So we knew God was gonna do something powerful that day. And I was invited back to preach at that um 
at that healing crusade that they were having. So she really wanted us. So we went there, and then there were like 200 people, like filling up the room, that tiny upper room. No room. Seriously, like 200 of them all squeezed in. We were just worshiping. And um, long story short, I really felt restrained by the Holy Spirit that we were not to lay hands on any of them. We were not going to make an altar call and do what we usually do, I really felt restrained. And I felt like, we want to just preach, speak on the presence of God, and manifest presence will show up, it will do all the works. That's how I felt. Because I felt like they were relying on the Korean people. They are relying on the anointed ministers. You know, if, I, if that preacher touches me, I'm going to get healed kind of faith. You know, I really felt like we were bringing attention back to the healer. Not just the healing, right? So we, um, I preached on the presence of God, and I kind of taught them how to sing prophetically. You know, the Bible tells us to sing a new song, not just talking about Hillsong's new song, Jesus Culture's new song, talking about the song that comes out of our spirit. Every single person in this room, you have a song inside of you. Just have to open up your mouth, and then on your own words, like you can sing to Him. And I just kind of taught them how to do that. That's what we do at the prayer tab, right? So. I was demonstrating a little bit as well, singing in uh, Indonesian, Trimakasi, I did some crazy singing, you know, with my voice that was gone. And just to give them freedom to sound bad or good, doesn't matter. God hears them, it's beautiful, right? So, taught them how to do it. I put Hole on the keyboard, and I was like, just, let's just do it. Let's just go for it. All over the room, 200 people started singing their hearts out. It was like heaven. And immediately, when God sees that hunger, he feels it. He's like a daddy that, you know, longs to feed his children. When all these people desire, express that hunger, God just filled up the room, like manifest presence, tangible manis, pres, ten, bleh, tangible presence of God just fell on the room and people were, they were sitting down, but they were all like falling all over the place and weeping and just craziness. And after a while, I said, if you need, healing if you have any pain in your body lay hands on yourself and they were touching all over their bodies and you know they were singing more and then afterwards i said if you experience healing raise your hands and about 30 people 30 plus people raised their hands and they received uh healing uh some of them came out and testified as well right and afterwards i said felt like they were supposed to pray for each other not just a team praying for them so i said if you have any remaining pain or sickness infirmity stand up and this one lady in the middle of the room, I saw her standing up, like slowly standing up. And then she started to like, what do you call it, waddle? Whatever. She started to like walk around like this. And the people around her saw it and they were like, ooh, like that, right? In Indonesian, ooh. And then the lady started jumping up and down and praising God. Later, I found that she was lame for two years. She could not walk for two years without assistance. So she came in with someone walking her. But as she was singing and just asking, laying hands on herself, she received full healing. So she walked out on her own with tears and praising God. Oh my goodness, that's so crazy. So we saw the blind see and the lame walk. Wow. Man, I really believe that it's just, it's, it isn't just for Indonesia. Man, it's just, I don't want the focus to be even the healing. It's God's love. He's just saying, oh man, I love these people so much. Let me do something. Let me heal you. Let me show your love. Let me, 
let me touch you. You know, God was just releasing his love left and right. We were just so immersed in there. And even on the way back, oh man, our college students are crazy. So on the, uh, on the flight from Medan to Kuala Lumpur, which is in Malaysia, uh, it's like only like what, 50 minutes, 40 minute flight. And, um, Rebecca, looks at this girl sitting alone, and she's like, I think I'm supposed to talk to her. And then she sat like uh, two seats away from her, and they started talking, moved up, <laughs> and moved up, and then they were talking, and next thing I know, she's crying her eyes out. Next thing I know, Rebecca's prophesying over her. And next thing I know, after we got off the plane, they were like best friends, you know, <laughs> again. <laughs> they were hugging it out, you know, at the airport dramatically. Oh, goodbye. God bless you. And God was just using, you know, on the way back. I saw on the flight. You know, how many times you are on that long, long flight for like 10 hours to the States and you don't bother to talk to the person next to you. But sometimes treasure is hidden, sitting right next to you. You know, that breakthrough is on your tongue, on the tip of your lips. And Rebecca just simply obeyed and just blessed her, you know. And even um, I shared it at uh, at swim at uh, Hillside. It's just too good to miss, okay? So let me share one more story. So they got off the airplane. We said goodbye. They're on their way to their dormitory and on the subway, right? On the subway, they saw this lady sitting across from them. And there was, she was wrapped with, she was, she was covering all her skin. And with like a big scarf, she would cover all her face and they're wearing a cap. So they couldn't see anything, but she was just sitting there really, really skinny, just sitting um, and Rebecca just, and Sarah, they felt just led to pray for her, right? So when Rebecca started to pray, God, uh, I can't talk to her right now, but Lord, give her a vision of your love, something like that. Show her your love, something, something. And then the lady started to shake a little bit, right? And then Sarah joined in, and then they actually stretched out their hands, and they were praying. I don't know if she saw that or not, but she started all of a sudden crying, no one's talking to her. These two college students are just praying for her. And on the subway, the lady starts to cry. And then they were waiting for her to get off the subway. So they were going to just follow her and talk to her. And then, wow, God is so crazy, right? They, they got off at the same station, actually, Hongdae. They got off at Hongdae. Rebecca grabs her and then talks to her that God really wants you to know that he loves you and all that, right? So they got to pray for her. She was crying. Her heart was deeply, deeply moved. I mean, she was obviously under a lot of bondage. I don't know what the covering is about. You, sometimes you don't, you don't have to know. You don't have to know everything to pray for them or bless them or love on them. So, man, I'm telling you. God's love is not bound by geography, where you are, location, mission trip or not. His love, when you catch the revelation that he loves the person in front of you, pretty much, your boss, your classmate, um, your uncle, your parents, your sibling, whoever that is, person in front of you, you just when you catch the revelation that God's heart is burning for that person, I think it's just game over. And that's what we just learned. When we catch the revelation of his love, that's it. And when you start move with that heart, not only just know that, yeah, God loves this person, but have the love for the person actually move in it, 
God's going to do the rest. And I always prayed the wrong prayer, I think. I had a fear of strangers, especially strangers, evangelism or talking. Even talking to my parents, I had a lot of fear of like rejection. What if, you know, what's going to be next and all that. But I always prayed for boldness to rise in myself. You know, boldness, boldness, boldness. I thought it was all about having more boldness. But what I realized recently through this trip and even before prior is that I just need have, need to have greater revelation of his love. When I have that in my heart, nothing hinders me. When I know that, and know, and know, and know, and I have that love for this person, like, there is no room for fear. Perfect love drives out fear. Amen? So when the fear is driven away, bonus, you don't have to ask for it. It's just there. It's lack of fear, right? So you just can't help but to love on this person and speak boldly and speak out God's heart. And um, just catch that revelation. And I believe that Indonesia team, we, we brought it back, all these testimonies, but I want us to remember this one thing. He, I want him to reveal his love for the people in front of you, people, for the people around you, to your heart. I want us to really grab that and run with it. Not just know it here, but really have that love for those people. And the rest, he's got it. He's got it. I used to have huge anxiety about gospel presentations, okay? I think seminary made it worse. And I will always think about where do I start? Genesis chapter 1, creation, or 3, the fall, or where do I start? You know, what do I say first? You know, do I say you are a sinner first? Or do I say, you know, you know, do, do I say that God created you? What do I say first? How do I bring in this huge revelation of the Jesus, you know? But then God was like, no, you don't have to sound smart. And then God was just showing through different evangelists, through different movies even that I watched, The, the Father of Lights. Man, the, the, the guy in the movie, he doesn't sound smart at all. He actually sounds pretty. Yeah, right? <laughs> he doesn't sound smart at all. He just goes, oh, you Muslim? I'm Christian. Wonderful. I love you, man. <laughs> That's all he does. Like, he doesn't say anything fancy. Like, he doesn't bring out the marvelous gospel presentation. He doesn't do that. You're a sinner. You're going to go to hell. He doesn't do any of that. He just loves on them. And people just get touched. People get healed. When he gets stuck, when there's a language barrier, you know what he does? He just says, I love you, man. He just hugs them. That's it. He is the man, I think, that has the revelation of God's love. And that's what we want. So I want us to just close this time with praying. And praise God for all the miracles and signs and wonders that he did. But I really do believe that in, at the beginning, in the center, and at the end of it, it's his love. And we talk about love a lot, but I just realized how deep and how endless and how immeasurable his love is. And I really believe that through all these stories, God wants you to catch his love. He has love for you. You cannot give out what you don't have. You're going to know his love for you, yes. But when you know that, when God reveals that to you, be saturated in it, be overflowing with it, so that when you see someone else, that you are overflowing with his love. I really believe that that's what I'm supposed to bring back to you. That's my gift from Indonesia. So I want every single person in this room to just receive that revelation of his love.
in a greater measure. He loves the person that you have difficult time loving. Whoever that is, your parents, your sibling, your boss, whoever that is, God loves that person so much. And you need the revelation of God's love for that person. If you're trying to love that person with your little love, it's not going to work. You're going to be burned out. But when you are filled with the revelation of His love for them, it's easy. I told you that our trip was so easy, right? You just need the revelation. Father, I just pray for the revelation to go in deeply, God. Not just to their brain, but I want it to be, Father, planted in their hearts. Father, I just release the revelation of your love. Love that heals the blind man. Love that heals a lame woman. Love that brings the fire. Love that is like the lightning in a dry sky. The love that burns for your people. God, I just release that love into the room right now. And God, I just command every heart to be opened up and catch that revelation. And just swallow that and feel that love burning inside of you. And God, we don't want to just talk about love and that God is love and all that. But Lord, we want to walk in that love. We want to go, Father, God, bring that love to the streets, to our relatives, to our workplaces, God. We want to move in that powerful love. So, Lord, bring down that love, Lord. Let our hearts be saturated in the revelation. I want you to imagine. I want you to think about the faces that you have a hard time loving. Whether it's your friend or your parents, your grandma, I, I don't know. People that you are having a hard time expressing love to. If there are too many, just choose a few. I have way too many. Choose a few, and I want you to ask God, God, show me how much you love them. Do that. Just do that. Show me how much you love them. How much you want your goodness to be revealed to them. God doesn't want them to live in depression. God doesn't leave them to want them to live in that bitterness. God wants to heal them. God wants to encounter them. Just ask for his heart. God, give me a revelation of your love for them. I want us to just do an act of faith. If you are following my instructions and thinking about people and asking, I want you to just open up your right hand. Just right hand. Open up, open up your hand. And just receive that the revelation is landing on your hand. Just imagine that. The weighty love, the heavy love, the thick and deep, the huge love of God. Just receive that on your right hand. I want you to just put it on your chest. And claim it as your own. Just claim it as your own. This is my love for that person. If I love with my own love, I'm going to run out quickly. But if you are connected to that unending source of love, you are never going to run out. You will never get tired. You won't care about rejection. You won't care about what that person can do to you. 
to receive that love. Just plant that love into your heart. I love those people with this love, burning love, love like lightning, love like fire, love that does miracles. So, Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that this heart, that this, this revelation of your love that we receive right now, God, we just embrace it as our own. And, Father, the people that we've been having such hard time loving on, and we are on the verge of giving up, we just want to avoiding them. But, Lord, I know that your love for them is so much bigger, so much greater, God. So, Lord, give that to us. And God, we just receive it and claim that that is already established in our hearts. Father, I thank you for your grace. That the grace is enabling each person to be able to go and move in that love. And I know signs and wonders are going to follow them. Their hearts are going to be melted down because of the love. So Father, I just speak for fruit from today. All this testimony that we brought from Indonesia, God, I speak multiplication of that. Legs growing out, blind eyes being healed, sickness leaving people. People, and I just speak about, about the salvation, God. People opening their hearts to the love of the Father. And God, I just speak forth and prophesy fruits coming out. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Mm. Father, we just praise your name. We give you all the glory. And you are so good to us. And God, we receive your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.